nice things. Hello, good evening and welcome to another thrill-packed, fun-filled, one-armed version edition of Nice Things. Nice Things. The antidote to modern living. And joining me this week, we have... Joining me this week, we have... Uh, Paul, uh, please follow the Twitter feed at Nice Things Show. And also, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, wherever you find your podcasts, preferably five stars, but ideally on Apple Podcasts, Carmichael. Hello. You clever boy. Well, we always forget, and I get yes. to about 45 minutes in, and I think, oh, God, need to mention that. But a little review, because at the end of the day, if you leave us a review, then that means more people know about the show, and let's face it, at the moment, we all need some nice things, don't we? We do, indeed. That reminds me, every time I hear the word review, I just think of uh, Paul Raymond's Review Bar oh. in, in Soho. Is that still going? Probably not. I mean, how old would Paul Raymond be now? About 149. Oh, God, something like that. Well, you know, I picked up something which, uh, interesting you should say that, which um, I haven't got here. It's through there. Yeah. I haven't listened to it yet, but it's a live album. Now, you're going to like this. An Evening at Ronnie Scott's. Oh, beautiful. And it's just a recording of an hour in Ronnie Scott's. So it's the music and the crowd and the drinks being spilled. Oh, that would be... That's what you need, isn't it? An evening in Ronnie Scott's. You've got John Lemesh there. Yeah. Not knowing what time of day it is, whether no. it's day or night. And oh, and then, yeah, off to the review bar afterwards. Maybe pop into the windmill and see the ladies. These were great days. These were, were. great days. Why they are they were. not like this now, Paul? We're not allowed it. These days, I'm afraid, we've got to sit in cold houses where we can't afford gas, but they're going to release wild pigs everywhere because we've got too many. Or something. I don't know what's going on, dear. Wild, wild pigs, what a bore. Absolutely. Um, but apart from that, what else have I done? I was watching... Oh, I watched an edition of Boomph with Becker, um, in which Margaret Becker from um, uh, New Zealand or Australia uh, in 1972 does exercises for uh, the over-70s. Now, there's daytime TV I can get behind. 1972? 1972. Beautiful. What a perfect year. So there was, there was this lovely thing, and I wonder, I wonder, maybe the audience and you could join me with it. It's a really simple exercise, and we just have to do that. Can you do that, Mike? No, I can't do that. I can do well, one shoulder. Why can't you do that this week? Do we need um, to talk about something? Perhaps? Well, I, I suppose we could, <laughs> um, because I, I woke up at the bottom of my stirs, at um, about one, between one and one fifteen a.m., um, mm. judging by the times on my phone when I rang for an ambulance last Saturday. Mm. Um, or oh, is it Saturday night, Sunday morning? I don't know. Saturday I mean, into Sunday. It was, Saturday yeah. into Sunday. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, so I woke up at the bottom of the stairs. Mm. Um, it's a strange one. This. So I've been sort of doing a, a bit of a Poirot stroke Sherlock Holmes all week, trying to fathom out just what the hell happened. Um, yeah. And I'm still not really clear. I mean, my whole left side of my body at the back is mm. carpet burned all the way down. So I slid down on mm. my on my left left side. Right. Um, so I think what I did was, judging by the massively purple big toe on my left foot, because mm. you know my house, so... You know um, how steep and high the staircases. They are so steep. They are perilously steep. When you start, you always, I always pause at the top of those stairs. And go, oh, just just pause a moment. Get your get your bearings. Yes. So, so yeah. I think what it is with me being a complete and utter knobhead. Um, <laughs> so what I've done is because I've got this thing about oh no. So I read about twenty years ago. If you put a light on when you go for a wee in the night. Oh, it disrupts the melatonin, man, and, and knackers your sleep up. Never mind breaking your fucking collarbone. Um, 
so I know that I don't put a light on when I go for a wee in the night. So I, I've done that, and then I've walked back. This is the sort of this is the Poirot, the Columbo, the the Sherlock Holmes bit I've sussed out. So mm. um, I've walked back. The Newell Post, which for folks who don't understand the the uh, terminology of staircases, is the big banister at the end. Um, so I've gone. I reckon, judging by the purple big toe, I've broken my big toe on that massively half asleep. Mm. I've then stood at the top of the stairs and mm. gone ow or something. Mm. I've then overbalanced. I think I've gone down head first on my left side because mm. uh, I woke up at the bottom of the stairs with my head hanging over the bottom step, looking up at my feet. Mm. Um, so I remember waking up like that, um, and I reckon that once I've gone from the the vertical to the horizontal position, mm. ooh, wasn't counted. <laughs> <it. laughs> um, once, once I've uh, once I've done the John Inman um, and gone down the stairs, I reckon that I've either um, when I've hit the stairs, mm. I've bashed because all my shoulders bashed in. And that's yeah. snapped the collarbone, or I've slid all the way down the stairs, hit the bottom newel post, mm. and the impact has smashed that. Either way, I'm I'm amazed to survive it with mm. just. I, I'm really sort of like it's bananas, mate. You know, what I mean, everybody you talk to, oh yeah, that's how such a body I know died. Or well, yes, I mean, you know, there are a fair few examples of people who haven't made it after a quick fall down the stairs. I mean, exactly. so it's. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't believe me at the hospital. They were just like, what, you fell the whole length of the stairs? I was like, yeah. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, even that is sort of, it just adds to it, doesn't it? So I, I, it's been a case of obviously pain this mm, week. Yes. And then obviously the, um, like I am now, the the sort of, the mushy. The brain end, fog. The brain fog off the painkillers. Yeah. And then sort of moments where you're just like, What? Mm. What what happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's been a strange, strange week. Um, yes. um Yeah, I, I don't know. So it feels like it's knitting together now, which right. which is good. Um, so it, it's kind of like I've got the old, it, it gets a callus on it, a bone, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've sort of, I've become a bit of an expert in how bones work and stuff like that, as you, well, as you would. As you would indeed, yes. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's that's everything answered, isn't it? I sort of I rang an ambulance, mm. they turned up, um, I got in that. So the two paramedic <laughs> ladies who turned up, they were like, "Oh, this, oh, your house is lovely." Oh, and I, I'm doing, I'm getting. They were like, "Oh, can we look in here?" So I give them the tour <laughs> of the house at like four, half three in the morning. I'm just like, ah, ah, yeah, <laughs> Uh, but they were like really, really cool. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So um, then I went to the hospital, and um, yeah, I'd all the X-rays done and blood tests and things. I'm like, what, what do you need that for? Because you know me. I mean, I'm Mister like a medieval man. Yes. It's like that. Once someone has my blood, they can they can they know, can control you. They yes. can control me. You know. <laughs> um, so I'm just like that. What do you want that for? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, to do our job, maybe. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you know to see if you're all right, mate. Because because with me describing not remembering the fall, the kind of like, well, did some did you have you got something else up with you? You know mm. what I mean? I'm thinking, pull up a stool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know what's up with me, so yeah, so that was the eventful start to my week. But um, 
It's meant that I've been sitting around watching a fur bit of telly and telly that you will not approve of. What are we... Right, go on. What oh, have you done? Oh, you're going to hate this. But I've Have you been found, streaming? I've been streaming, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that's another bloody thing. So on Tuesday, I started with a cold, so sneezing <laughs> and coughing with this. I was just like that. That's enough now. Yes. Um, so anyway, that's that made me watch the telly more. So um, I've got go obsessed on. with the show. You just... You won't know what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And when I describe it, you're going to hate me. So I'll tell you anyway. Well, let's so give a it a sh- go. It's a show called Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, no. No. Did did you really bang your head? I mean, I think I might have done because this Trailer is, Park Boys. Trailer is this about Park Boys. Gentlemen who take their clothes off. Presumably, <laughs> what? What is it? I'd say that it's sort of the kind of broad humour. Because it's Canadian, eh? Mm. Right, mm. so it's Canadian, right? Immediately you're just like that. It's a shame mm. we have to sever our working relationship <laughs> after so many happy years. Yeah. Oh. Um, so Go it's set in a trailer park, right? In in uh, in um, Nova Scotia in Canada. Is that like a campsite? Yes, it's like a campsite. So immediately, you know, it kind of lends itself to that. But I mean, you know, like where you live, Canada is, is like... 30 or 40 years behind us, isn't it, in many ways? Yes, which I, which I approve of. However, it seems that they are trying to modernise somewhat with this, and I'm not entirely sure I approve, but go so on. So it's about these guys, um, these characters who live on there, who are just complete and utter reprobates, who right. just get pissed and stoned all the time, and and it's it's different sort of schemes to make money where they always end up in jail. It's for common people like me. <sighs> right, okay. Yeah. How many of these have you watched? Three movies and eight series. <laughs> oh. Three movies? Right, now, now okay, movies. let's... Right, four. Yes. Right, well, let's consider this. I thought that there was a cut-off point these days with everything foreign where you were only allowed seven series for some no. weird reason. No, 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 no. This is the special agreement we've got with Canada. <sighs> The one that Boris negotiated with. So I'm afraid that that... But it's weird, isn't it? Because certain things that you would never watch when you find yourself convalescing, you Mm. end up getting into. It's the strangest of things. No, it's not. No, I don't. No, No. if I'm going to convalesce for a week, then I will sit down and I'll watch maybe 50 episodes of The Cedar Tree. I'm not going to watch Trailer Park Boys. (laughs) How's Boys spelt? Is Boys spelt with a Z on the end? No, 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 no. no. Right, okay, because that would have been it. No, 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 no. no. Trust me. I'll I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to sit you down and we're going to watch some Trailer Park Boys. We are bloody not. (laughs) Absolutely. Not whilst, not while I have breath in my body are we sitting down to watch Trailer Park Boys. Believe me, me, I feel filthy. Well, good. Absolutely. Wash your mouth out. This is disgusting. So what would you, as a a professional, what would you recommend as a sort of antibiotic to flush this from my system? I need a prescription. A prescription, right. Well, let's look on the magic shelf of the pharmacy, shall we? Right, Right. I'll tell you what I've got up there at the moment. Um, I've got the box set of Together, made by Southern Television, 1980. It's a daytime soap set in a sort of a residential block of flats sort of thing where everyone's old, right? Um, And I'll tell you why you'd like it, because it it stars Patsy Smart, formerly to us, of course, the ghoul from Talons of Wing Chang, who says, oh, make an horse sick, that would... There you go. Really? 
That is your selling point. Um, it's it's got who else has it got? Um, I can't think of anyone now because I'll be honest, it's not the most exciting program. But the second series was live for no readily wow. apparent reason, no reason at all, right? Um, so they'd rehearse it, and then you'd get and now from the studios of Southern Television live. It's together. And in they go. And you can tell the actors are all shitting of themselves. And half of them said no. They, they were in series one and then suddenly they're not there for series two. No, not doing it. But my favourite thing about it is you're working your way through and then suddenly you get to, I think it's episode eight of series two. And it's missing. It's not there. And it's because they forgot to press record. Beautiful. Wonderful. I Beautiful. love that. So I'd recommend together where nothing happens... And the first series has got a theme uh, theme tune that's sort of played on a xylophone. And that's music to kill yourself to. It's just It just makes you want to just die. But the second series, we've got Johnny Dankworth and um, ah. Cleo Rain. Uh, we've got a Lame. lovely... Yeah, Cleo you're Lane. Get, you, you're, you're getting all, You're getting like my mum with these names. I noticed that you I tweeted yesterday that Rick James had died instead of Rick Jones. Oh of, my of god! Finger bobs. Oh, I did. Now that's a. There's another one. Now there's another 1972 figure. Yes. Oh, Yoffy, bless him. I I I remember finger bobs just about. Um, it's one of those things, finger bobs. It was, it was sort of like there were a lot of men who looked like Rick Jones when we were kids, mm. weren't there? Oh yeah, With beards yeah. and longish side hair. My uncle Robert looks right. precisely like that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. him. With dark glasses, which you always, made, I was always terrified of him. I have to say, he was quite an angry man. Well, there were always people. I don't know. I think that it's a commonality that we had guys who looked like that because it was Mister Gannon. My history teacher who looked like that. Uh, yeah. And again, uh, people used to have these sort of tinted glasses back then, didn't they? They looked yeah. like the, the rear windscreen or a cartina or something. That's that it, those. yeah. Very yes. strange. Yeah. Um, and coupled, uh, Alan Twist, who used to drive a Talbot Horizon on the street where I grew up, so he'd couple it with a sort of grey leather. Oh. Yeah, so he had a red beard. Grey Sorry if leather. you're listening, Alan. Uh, <laughs> the long hair, but he had it knotted in a, an amazing comb-over. Mm. Um, I mean, he really took the thinning crown for that kind of that kind of urdu, but he had like blue tinted shades and a, and like a grey jacket. You know what I mean? And his mum was called Edna Twist, so of course, evil Edna. You know, because absolutely, she used, to, yeah. used to shout at us for kicking the ball against the front window. But I think I've drifted. I think there must be the drugs. I've drifted off point here. No, oh, that's yeah. okay. So every place used to have a guy at least who looked like that, and. Mm. A fellow who looked, well, he didn't, but he thought he did, and he dressed accordingly, looked like Tom Jones, right? Yes. There was always a bloke like that with the shirt to the navel and all that business. And a um, perm. Aye, that's right. That's right. Often a perm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was always an old woman who looked like Roy Orbison. So wherever you lived in, in this country, <laughs> wasn't there? There was, was always a, it was yes. Betty Betty Bond where I grew up, and right. she always she always put, she always put her money on Lester Piggott. She'd tell us, "Put your money on Lester Piggott." I'm like five. Mm. Yeah, all right then. What money's this? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, you find me in reflective mode now. You've taken no, no, me. Right. You've taken me from the now of Trailer Park Boys. Right? Yeah, we don't and, need that. And, and you see, Doctor Carmichael is already weaving his. Um, uh, retro medicine. 
Yes, well, it's it's better, isn't it? No, so I mean, whilst you, I mean, you, you ask what I would be watching, um, so you've been enjoying Trailer Park Boys. Don't, because I can't laugh; it really hurts. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I- it's just, it's just, it's just hearing you, it's hearing you say Trailer Park Boys. I can't. That is I can't. fucking hilarious to me. It I feels need to dirty. Show you, it's it's absolute filth. I mean, they are filth in it. The the the, the really low life. Then, then what's the enjoyment? What's the I doing? don't know. I think it reminds me of like people I grew up with. Maybe I don't know. Oh God no Almighty! Idea. You see, you've been watching Trailer Park Boys. I, however, have taken delivery of a passion for churches with Sir John ah. Betjeman. Now, I think that sums up the difference here, doesn't it? I've gone for John Betjeman wandering around churches. Look at him. Look at him there in, in the glasses ah. and the hat, having a wander around a church. Love That's it. what we need. Have you and got those um, albums he made in the early 70s? Varsity no. Rag, and is it Banana Blush, is it? I, 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 um, he made three albums. Oh, my God. Oh, Ooh, my God. It's unbelievable. I... I'll, I'll, I've got. I, I've actually got extra CDs of that for some reason. I'll do you... I will uh, let you have those. Uh, I'm trying to remember the one about going to the party as a kid. Um, and it's it's oh god my brain's not working. Um, mm. There beneath the something creeping. Sorry, there beneath the da 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 comes the lush lagonda creeping. Oh. I just love that line. That's lovely. Now, oh that, my that's god. nice. There we go. You're purifying the air of the trailer park boys. There. I am. Yes. We I am. Do. Yes. So what's yes. what's it like? Have we given? John's uh, churches a lot. We we have, and you know what? Well, I mean, it is exactly what you would expect. It's John Betjeman having a wander through a graveyard, having a little chat, reciting a bit of a poem, and then going to another graveyard, and they all look the same. And I've, I'm not even really listening to. Him. I'm just enjoying the fact that he's just sort of bumbling about, enjoying a church. And that does it. That's that's all yes. I need, really. So I, I've been enjoying that. Um, but then another nice thing. Now you're going to love this. Lovely. Right? Immediately you'll love this. This is where those watching on video rather than on the wireless will be at an advantage. Look, have a look at this. This old book. Bye. Tiny, tiny little book. Now then, I haven't just got that this week. I got this a few months ago and I picked it up. Um, there's a secondhand bookshop on Mount Pleasant in Liverpool. Yes. And um, it was it was there uh, on the top of a pile. Uh, sticking out, and it was a fiver, and I didn't know what it was, but straight away you think, it's old, it's beautiful, it's a fiver. And what it is, is it's volume the seventh of The Spectator, as published in 1747. No way! 1747. Was was Andrew Neil the editor then? Well, (laughs) (laughs) well... Do you know what? What this is lovely. I mean, it's not the spectator we know and love now. Well, right, love maybe. But um, I had it. I've been doing a little bit of a, a, a reading up on this, and what it was was it was a sort of a newspaper. Um, it was published. Uh, there were five hundred daily editions of the Spectator um, between yeah. March seventeen eleven and seventeen twelve, and then they were gathered together in eight volumes of these little books. Now then, um, if I w- I've had a look, and if I was to buy the full set of eight, it would set me back about one and a half thousand quid. Wow, so to just... pick up the one for a fiver is quite oh, something. incredible. And what it is, is it's these two chaps. So you've got uh, Joseph Addison and Sir Richard Steele, uh, who decided to start up The Spectator. 
And it's it, the idea is you've got a character called Mr. Spectator, and he sits in his club, and it's a club which consists of members of the squirearchy, and it consists of members of the army and commerce leaders, and it's the conversations he has with them. Wow. And it's a series of daily essays. But what I love is nothing has changed. It's just like the Daily Mail, because each of these essays seems to be about basically moaning about foreigners or binge drinking or beggars. They're the three things that they're not right. keen on. Um and uh, yeah, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful little book. So if I just flop this open somewhere, let me. Shall I? Shall I give you a little? Uh, shall I yes. give you a little reading? Yes, okay. please. Where do. are we? Okay, so this is. Do do render as a selection. I'll render you a little something here. So this is Wednesday, October the fifteenth, seventeen eleven. And this is what Mr. Spectator was on about. Oh, I can see what it's about... What date again? What date again? Wednesday, October the 15th. So, so almost... Is that... It's October 9th. It is. So we're just, what, 310 years ago, almost. God. When And we've got the word girl. I can see the word girl was being written about. So here we go. This is what we've got on Wednesday. It was the other day, driving in a hack through Gerrard Street where my eye was immediately catched upon the prettiest object imaginable, the face of a, third a fur girl between 13 and 14, fixed at the chin to a pretty sash and made part of the landscape. I, I seemed admirably done, and upon throwing myself eagerly out of the coach to look at it, it, <laughs> it laughed and flung, and flung at me from a window. This amiable figure dwelt upon me, and I was considering the vanity of the girl and the pleasant coquetry in acting a picture till she was taken notice of and raising the admiration of the beholders. So, always oh, he's, he's taken a liking to a 14-year-old here, it yes. would seem. Um, this little circumstance made me run into reflection upon the force of beauty and the wonderful influence of the female sex, sex has upon other part of the species. Our hearts are seized with their enchantments, and there are few of us but brutal men, who by their hardness lose the chief pleasure in them, and can resist their insinuations, though never so much against our own interest and opinion. It is common with women to destroy the good effects a man's following his own way and inclination might have upon his honour and freedom, by in... Uh, in Inter by interposing their power over him in matters wherein they cannot influence themselves. So basically, he's seen a pretty young girl and he's feeling saucy. Yes, I, I, I noted the use of the word hardness there. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Isn't that wonderful? So that that was uh, that was well, either Mr. Addison or Mr. Steele, right. um, presumably on Tuesday, October the fourteenth, seventeen eleven, saw a young lady and got a, bit, a little bit excited. It's a beautiful. Old book. I mean, I'm used to reading um, Samuel Pepys and so mm. on. And I love reading Samuel Pepys because, of course, everyone's got this idea about Pepys, haven't they? That he's just this amazing diarist who uh, would write about the Great Fire of London. But when you start reading him, he's just a dirty old bastard. Oh, yeah, yeah, Pepys. yeah. Wonderful. There's a there's a great uh, entry where he talks about um, how he uh, he got drunk and then he woke up in a stupor in the middle of the night and he couldn't find and he couldn't find his chamber pot. So in this, so he just vomited in the fire instead. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I love him for that. And there's another one where he talks about his his uh, porn collection. Um, and he got hold of he went to Covent Garden and he got hold of a copy of um, L'Escole de Phil or French Schoolgirls. And he's <laughs> and he talks about how he found it impossible to read because he was so he was so embarrassed with himself. So he he burnt it. And then the next day, no, the next day he corrects himself. He says. I was lying. I didn't burn it. I've hidden it instead. <laughs> it's just magnificent. Absolutely love him. And What's the fact it? that he go on. Sorry, no, no, no. Sorry. Well, and it's the fact that he he um, when the fire when the great fire happened, his main concern was burying cheese. cheese. That's what his, I was just going to say to you. That's it. His big yeah. roll of parmesan. Like, where can I put that? I'll bury it. Which is worth know. a bloody fortune. A wheel absolutely. Of I mean, it's it's expensive now. It is, absolutely. So back then, 1666, my God. Um, whether he found it again, I don't think is mentioned in the diary. I so always maybe, wonder, did he dig maybe. up a huge Welsh rabbit? Um, <laughs> you know, after after the fire, I always, I often wonder. Um, here's something for uh, pub quizzes. I may, oh, have, yeah. I, I may have asked you this before, so you probably know the answer, but mm. we all know where the Great Fire of London started. Mm. Pudding Lane. Doctor Who taught us that. Yeah. Got it in. There you are. Um, but where, where or where did it end? Ooh. That's a great pub quiz one, this. That's a hell of a good question. Okay, I'm going to have to say I don't actually know. Go on. Pie Corner. Oh, really? Yep. That's wonderful. Yep, yep, yep. So it started at Pudding Lane and ended at Pie Corner, which I always I always love the symmetry of that. Mm. Um yeah, that was my peeps fact for you, the, the Parmesan cheese. I mean, it's like the saying, I mean, you, you remember the saying from around the same time this is as well, we were speaking of things and how expensive they were. Mm. Um, so do you know the saying, you know your onions, but do you know the origin of it? No, go on. So there was a time back in the 17th century where tulip bulbs were so expensive mm. that they were used as currency, right? That's how much they were worth over in Holland and potentially here. So a guy came on pissed up made an omelette and instead of using an onion, chopped up a very expensive tulip bulb mm. and put it in the omelette. And that's where the saying comes from, you know your onions. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's fascinating because um, I wonder if that's got anything because I know that the Dutch were particularly despised as a people and I wonder if that's always because they were quite a rich nation but uh, there was a mm. real fear of uh, Dutch sailors bringing all sorts of sexually transmitted diseases and you didn't trust the Dutch back in the day. We didn't no. trust many people who weren't English back in the day but certainly the Dutch always I'm got a sure, bit of a hard time. I'm sure that the Dutch would have been one of the main enemies though, wouldn't they? Because of the East India Company and, and mm. the sort of, um, you know, our uh, our competing interests out in the in the old world or whatever you want to call it, you know, effectively rinsing African nations of everything, you know. Yes. Um, so I'm sure that our press, I mean, they were, t I mean, they're completely and utterly untrustworthy now anyway, they're biased. But can you imagine what the press were like then openly, just openly like, they'd have just been filthy Dutch and oh, all yeah. this, that and the other. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the Dutch thing is, is very interesting. Yeah. There's a, there's a book just come out at the minute which says that um, back during the plague times, the Dutch enacted laws, you know, to contain the plague that led to them appropriating land and stuff like that. Which, you know, people go on about the COVID laws and stuff like that and how much they're being abused and stuff like that. It's nothing mm. new, is it? I mean, they literally use that to say, nope, you're all infected, we're going to have your land. 
<laughs> really? Yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. Oh, yeah, God, I didn't know that. The Dutch... No, I didn't. The, the, so the Dutch and the English and all those um, European nations, they were just... The, there's a reason why they dominated the entire globe. It's because they were utterly fucking ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the, yeah. the Dutch... If you go to the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam and you mm. see those huge paintings of those merchants, I mean, like... There's like a hundred guys on there, you know what I mean? All in the old Blackadder the Second outfits. Mm. Um, and th- these guys were like completely and utterly fuck- fucking lo- fuckly loaded um, <laughs> because of the spice trade and the diamond trade and the gold trade and that. And then I think I'm right in saying, didn't we used to then just rob their ships? We did. <laughs> Absolutely did. You yeah. go and do all it's- the work. Yes. And then we'll have it. And that's why in the papers we'll just say you're terrible men. Yes, terrible men. You bring sexually transmitted diseases to our ladies. Yes. That's all you do. So yes, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating, though, isn't it? Um, there's a wonderful book that's just come out, and unfortunately, it's an Oxford University Press book. So it's like costs. You know, you may as well mortgage your house to get it. So I'm hoping it comes yeah. down in price. And it's a history of London's bridges and their inhabitants, right? Oh, cool. And so it's uh, it's old London Bridge, which of course was you know from the medieval after the Roman one fell down. So you've got the bridge that was there from the medieval right the way through uh, hundreds of years, which used to have buildings built all along it, and it's a history of each of those buildings. And who lived in them Incredible. as well. So, I mean, my God, there's no it's no wonder it costs a fortune because the research that must have gone into this. But uh, it's one I, I shall wait until hopefully it comes down in price a little. Um, it's but, astonishing uh, that such data exists. It absolutely is. I mean, presumably some sort of census, something like that. It, must it will be have been. Something. It will have been tax, won't it? It will have been something along those lines. Whereby we need to know everybody who's here because we need to fucking have something off all of you. Well, it will have been that, but then, of course, how reliable is that? Because, of course, we know that Mr. Shakespeare, for example, never stayed anywhere long enough to actually pay his tax, constantly nipping from location to location to avoid his tax. So, presumably, so many other people will have done just that and are now, you know... Hence hence the different spellings of his names. Oh, yeah, Shagsbird, Shakespeare, or... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't sign your name the same and they can't get you. You know, it's... uh, I th- I've always thought it's probably as simple as that. You get this idea of, well, it wasn't standardised. Yeah, bollocks. No, that's just him avoiding tax. Yeah, Quite a chap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Who wouldn't want to? I, absolutely. Wasn't, um, wasn't that the bridge that they put non-such place on? I think so, yes. Yeah, because Henry VIII during whatever it was, um, didn't he have that constructed non-such place? It's like a well, facade at one end of London Bridge. I could be completely wrong. Now, I think you're right. Now, hang on. So, I'm thinking Nonsuch Palace was... Ah, sorry. That's what I mean. Palace. Palace. Yeah. No, Nonsuch Palace was out, was out in the sticks somewhere. Um, so, but no, there oh, is right. something about the bridge, which I'm trying to think of now. I mean, at one end, you had the beautiful um, arches at either end. And I think it was um, on the south side, on the Southwark side, you had the archway where they would... Uh, put the heads of the traitors on pikes because, of course, you're going from the south side, so you're not even coming from London. South side is Southwark, so yeah. it's sort of like a warning okay, you're coming over to London, Puritan times here, don't piss around. Yes, so, um, warning to all of you prostitutes and there and those. <laughs> So, but again, like we've talked about before, wouldn't you give anything for a quick stroll down the south bank in oh. 1603? That would just be 
wonderful, wonderful. Are you having a Google there? I was, yes, but I, I've got... obviously got mixed up. I, I thought there was something that he placed at the at the beginning of um, at, at, um, at the entrance to it, but I'm getting so it's these bloody it's the drags, sir. That, that's all right. That's it's, okay. It's, it's the drags, yes. But I think the two actually. Oh God, to that bridge. Oh, I'd oh. love to have had a stroll along that. Would I would have loved to have done. All right, you've got bits of head potentially falling on you. And you've got the fact that even by Shakespeare's time, the bridge was buggered. It was yeah. absolutely knackered. Um, and, you know, bits of the floor falling through and all that. But, of course, it's such a shame now that we've got these bridges that span the whole of the Thames in one fell swoop, which means, of course, you haven't got the little arches to slow the river down, so we're never going to have another frost fair. And yet, if you look right. back at the 1840s, you could actually go there during the winter. There's a wonderful, um, there's a wonderful piece of writing from someone who went to a frost fair, and they had elephants on the Thames, actual elephants on the frozen Thames marching. Stole them from the Dutch, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> and, and you've got fires. People are able to light fires yeah. on the Thames. You know, it's just my God. There's I've, a famous I've, painting, isn't there, of the ice fur? There is, yeah. There's a guy cooking like chestnuts and stuff. That's like right, that, yeah, I, yeah. Think. yeah. Um, from what I remember reading somewhere, this could be again just complete bullshit, like the bullshit I've just spouted. Don't um, <laughs> I believe that they dynamited the last remnants of the Roman bridge in Victorian times, so there was still footings there. There were. I, I think it was the eighteen. 18- 40s, 1850s, right. I think, but they, but they were still there until then, yeah. Um, so, oh, I know it, it's just well, obviously, we think now, you know, with hindsight, my god, if that was still there, yeah, yeah, in the same way, of course, that you know, you look at the look at the modern day globe and you think, well, yes, that would be lovely, you know, it's lovely, but we don't quite know if that's no. it because all, all that we've got really, you know, you've got a couple of little drawings. Um, of uh, sort of scribbles, really. And then have you seen that London panorama mm. by oh Klaus von Fischer, I think? Yeah. And that's beautiful, but he's got it wrong, and he's misidentified the buildings. So, right. um, he, so he's identified the Globe Theatre, um, but in fact that was the Burr Gardens, and he's got the Globe wrong. That was, you know, he's got he's got them all wrong. Right, but, uh, right, but. You know, it, just to look at it and to think of that south bank of the Thames, which is, and that's always my, my favourite thing when I talk to students, that whole sort of thing about Shakespeare, the fact that they robbed the Globe Theatre, which for years was one of those myths, uh, the idea that they, you know, because it was owned by um, by a Puritan when it was on the north side of the Thames who put the rent up. And so they basically went in there and they took it to bits and then they hid it. And they waited for the Thames to freeze, and then they took it over on sledges and rebuilt it. And because they rebuilt it in Southwark, little Puritan chap comes out of his house and he can see his building and he can't do anything about it. And I loved that story. And I remember telling it uh, to one of the tourist guides at the Globe. This must be about 20 years ago now. And they're quite strange at the Globe. They're very protective of Shakespeare, so Mm. they don't like talking about the dirty bits. Or anything like that. Okay. And so I mentioned this. and it was, Well, it's a legend. Just a myth. Myth. And then about five years ago, they found documents relating to it. And it turns Wonderful. out it's completely true. Absolutely true. And I love that. that, that that's so yeah. There's the genius of Shakespeare. All right. He could write plays and all that sort of thing. But he robbed a building. 
That's genius. To actually steal a whole theatre. Genius. Absolute genius. Yeah. It's an interesting one that comes up all the time about because, you know, it's again, it's like what's true and what's not. Mm. Um, I think that one of the things that people don't appreciate about people back then is the just the depth and breadth of their education, especially on historical matters. You know, the old, it was the Earl of Oxford who wrote all the plays and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, because someone like Shakespeare wouldn't have had the education. Didn't go to university, so he couldn't do it. Yeah, it's total bullshit. The, yeah. the education system they had at school... My God, you know, it was just knowledge. It was about learning and Mm. just remembering stuff, Mm. which, and then you can see why. You know, they would have been uh, churning plays out, so many plays in rep, so you've got Hamlet at the same time as you've got King Lear in your head and Mm. so on. But if your education is built on remembering stuff, just remembering facts and figures... You're going to have no problem. Your brain's going to absorb. Well, it's like these things, isn't it? You know, the, the you know your mobile. Um, it, it's mm. it's effectively an ancillary brain, isn't it? So people don't see mm. the point in retaining knowledge when they can just Google. At, literally at the end of their arm, they can just Google. absolutely. Um, and so if you uh, what they found is um, there's a book I think or an article called the uh, the internet is rewiring your brain, and what they found is that. By by constantly just doing that, by searching for information, as opposed to retaining it, um, it's making the hippocampus shrink uh, on people. Um, and I think there's a quote by uh, Samuel Johnson where he says that the invention of the written word uh, reduced human brain capacity by 50%. Mm. So all, the, all these things uh, sort of conspire to, I suppose... Make us drift even further from the, uh, the the mental capacity of people back then, which is why people can't believe somebody who and he didn't come from common stock exactly, no, did he? No, you know, no, no, no. He, he was he was sort of nicely off, really. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they they can't accept that um, you know a commoner, so they've got to say it was the Earl of Oxford. Absolutely. Even though all the evidence is against it, and I, I do find I get frustrated with oh, these buggers on the internet who, you know, are absolutely Earl of Oxford. You know, if, can you prove it? Oh, don't need to prove it. Well, you do. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make that claim, the man's been dead four hundred years. I don't care. If you're going to disparage that person, if you're going to say it wasn't them. Give me a little bit of proof, including, you know, p- please explain to me how he wrote plays after he died. That would be a good starting point. Yeah. I, yeah. I find that sort of thing so frustrating. And you're right, it is, it's a snobbishness. It's an inability to believe that these savages could possibly have known things that we are incapable of, of knowing now. Because you saw this week, well, you may, you may have been in a coma, but... Um, this week, of course, uh, WhatsApp, Facebook and Instagram... Oh, yeah, yeah, went down for an evening. All went down for an evening. The panic online... Was it really? It was quite something to have a quick look at Twitter, uh, because Twitter became so active with people reactivating their accounts. And and all of a sudden, you know, it was just buzzing with, with activity, because people needed that fix. I loved it, I've got to say, and it's... Um, I've, I've taken... I knew fix- you'd love it. I really loved it. I've taken Facebook off my phone. Because, no, I don't want it. Um, You're banned from it. I am currently banned from it, yes, yes. for calling somebody an arsehole, yes. But 
when I'm reinstated in another 18 days or so. No, uh, I think now it's going to have to be something where I've got to go onto the laptop and I've got to choose to log on. Mm. Because it's so divisive, isn't it? And let's face it, me shouting at people is not going to make them change their mind. Probably quite the opposite, because I can be an arsehole on that thing. So, yes. So, no, that's gone at the moment. But to not have WhatsApp buzzing away with shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was nice. Yes. That was lovely. I have to say, um, I think I'd sent you a message, something to do with work. Um, and mm. I'd looked at it about an hour later or something like that. Mm. And it had a little clock there that meant it hadn't sent. Yeah. And I just thought it was my phone being shit. There was no way I was moving. So I put another Trailer Park Boys on and uh, and left it, really. Um, <laughs> I just love the opprobrium. That you show for that. Why can't Netflix go down, for God's sake? Is it on Netflix? It sounds Netflixy. It is. Common. Absolutely not. No. It is. It is. Paul, it is so common. It is beyond common. It is a bad. It's, I know, it's funny. And and I was it's, sort of watching it and half of half me mind was thinking, he is going to hate this I, so much. Why First can't of, you watch something set in a nice caravan park in Windermere because, or something? Because um, I'm kind of stuck at the minute, you know? It's kind of like, I, it would mean digging out hard drives and it would mean digging out things. Whereby, when you're just kind of stuck there on the couch going, ow. You know, yeah. and it's just like, oh, there's that. Oh, what's this? Oh, what's Trailer Park Boys? Oh, this is funny. It's not. <laughs> Stop. Stop. It's not funny. It's, it, it, can't, <laughs> it can't be. I refuse <laughs> to believe it's funny. I just don't it's think really it's... funny, actually. But is it fun? Right, I'll tell you why it's funny. Right, I'll tell you Go why on. it's funny. And this is the same reason why people say to me, have you seen Friends? Friends was good, wasn't it? No, no, Friends is shit. Right, but for the same reason, I'll bet you, because I, I want you to look at Trailer Park Boys, because God knows I'm not going to. <laughs> I want you to have a look at it and count the writers. Because whenever people say to me, well, no. Friends was good, 45 writers an episode. So they're only doing Four. about 27. Four. Four. And, it, and, ha- it's the, and it's the cast. It's the cast. So, right, how long are the episodes? 23 minutes. Right, so you're telling me I should be impressed because somebody has managed to write six minutes of quality. In fairness, no. every show is about getting stoned and pissed and coming up with a scheme, right? And they get caught by the police, or they don't. And at the end of each series, they all go to jail. And at the beginning of the new series, they all get out of jail. Okay, so it's formulaic as well as common. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's super common. But I tell you what, it's been like... <clears throat> it's been like a sort of a cheap box of chocolates... That I just keep eating. Well, this is what happens when you don't send me entertainment parcels. Although you did. Ah, I did. Ah, yes. You did. You did. I did. did. Ah, so I've been watching that as well. Good, because I sent you a lot of Jack and Ori, and I expect you to be watching Jack and Ori, not I, this cheap shit. I watch Never Mind the Quality, Feel the Wind. Okay, that's and good. It's just ridiculous, man. <laughs> it is, it is isn't ridiculous. it? I actually watched the film. Oh, have you seen the film? I haven't seen it yet. I've, I've found it on YouTube, so that's been grabbed. Yeah, oh. it's superb. Honestly, John Bluthal was is still alive, I, I noticed. He is still alive. He's still going. John Bluthal is... My God, he's wonderful. I love him in Q. It's yeah. just... Oh, oh, what, yeah. I, oh, just wonderful. To have been one of those actors, Alan Clare. Isn't oh. Alan Clare? What was Alan Clare? I mean, he's not a performer. Spike's idea of 
and 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 he's beyond sort of you know it is Brechtian, isn't it? It's, oh it's, God, yeah. Q is Q is epic theatre, like mm. like totally. Mm. But um, it's the stuff that just makes him laugh. And that's the bit that gets me, you know what I mean? Every time he used to come on the telly, Spike Milligan, my nan used to just say, stale, bloody stale, right? <laughs> so that was the sort of, I always take that to be the um, the sort of, the man in the street or the woman in the street, I mean, and their opinion of him, because mm. what he would do is he, he'd continue the same shtick year in and year out, wouldn't he? And he would stick yeah. to it, whereby... Um, um, a lot of performers like Python and that they kind of evolved what they did to be a fine mm. art really yeah. I think that it's so strange to see it when it finally morphs with the mainstream isn't it as it does in sort of the late 80s it, it starts becoming the mainstream what they do yeah um, I mean meaning meaning of life is pretty mainstream as a yeah, film isn't it yeah so. yeah it's it's so strange because you sort of take everything apart and then you create something bananas and new and then you watch it slowly iron out and slowly adapt and mm. change. But that is reinvention is the secret to keep be, remaining relevant. Spike, you watch like a, a show 20, 30 years apart. Hence my nan's assessment of bloody stale. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Um, but what I love about it is... You see, for me, my favourite spike is the sort of longish herd, white beardy sort of late, you know, seventies spike. Yeah, and and some of those. I mean, have you seen the way there's a fly in my soup with David Lodge and Katie? Boyle? Yes. Oh, it's wonderful. He's pissing Absol- his pants. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. But the it's it's he can't he can't hold back. But the moment Alan Clare walks on holding his script, you see him go. Straight away. It's the Just funniest wonderful. thing he's ever seen. Yes, absolutely. But, but it is Alan Clare. Just obviously, he's not been given the script beforehand. He doesn't yeah. know what he's doing at all. No. That's the joy of it. You know, oh, God, it's good. It's, well, it's totally Dada and it's totally Brett and, and Spike. Mm. Just uh, there will never be anyone, I suppose, who's, who gets into that kind of position whereby they can do exactly what they like, primetime BBC. Never, no, no, no. You've, you know, well, we'd be going by committee. Do we want them? No. Well, we exactly. I'd say Again. that someone who could do that would be well, not on the BBC. It would be Ricky Gervais. I think he can do more or less within reason whatever he wants. But I mean, the, the thing that gets you with Spike is there's a Heroes of Comedy on the Goons, the Channel mm. Four series. Yeah. Heroes of Comedy, the one with the balloons in the title, and he's talking about you know he's falling in the water. Right mm. from the goon show, and he's talking about how he was on a boat coming back or going to India, right? As like an eight-year-old, and this mm. little girl coming up to her mum and saying, "He's falling in the water," right? Which is where he got it from, right? Yeah. And he's in he's in his eighties, and he's pissing his pants. <laughs> <laughs> that's what gets me about him. It's like if someone, and, and that's the that's the joy of Spike Milligan, isn't it? Really, because despite all the mental illness and that. His sense of humour mm. was just like his is one of his core values. Yeah, he absolutely. genuinely did find things funny. Yeah, and it, what's the oh, is it a one man's week which actually sh- uh, you know shows him what he's like with the mental illness? Yeah, and he's lying in bed. I think 
Because that, that to me, sums them up as well. I mean, the comedy is brave. I think you've got to have balls to just go, we're, we're going to just put this on. Yeah. And and to deliberately throw it out there and to know that you've not rehearsed it. I, I love the fact that it's obviously, you know, rehearsal-wise, God knows what they were like. I often but, wonder if it was a coping mechanism for the mental illness, you know, that much pressure. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Goons show, of course, it's very, it's very, very well, very tightly scripted, and it feels like Q is that release of the pressure, doesn't mm. it? And it's just allows him this this free reign to enjoy himself, really. Yeah. But it's it's that lovely exchange that you get with with an audience sometimes, where it's like, I know that I'm taking the piss. You know, we're taking the piss. We are taking the piss out of each other. Yeah. But let's go for it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And I think that. There's a joy to the sound of the audiences in queue that you don't get in any other program. They're in on the joke, mm. you know, to actually be in that studio and know that it's what it is. The, the, there's an exchange going on, which yeah. you don't find these days at all. Which... And he was taken apart. The, I mean, it, you know, the, the bravery that we don't really understand now. But mm. to take about the take apart the conventions of the BBC with the back of the the news studio moving, and with mm. all these other things happening in the same way that Maxwell used to take apart stand up comedy, you know, um, and it was like, is he going to be able to put this back together? Mm. You know, and that's what Spike did as well. He, it's just like, is he going to be able to put this back together? And then the fact that most of the time he didn't bother. Yeah. You know, what are we going to do now? Yeah. What are we going to do now? I, it, yeah. it was just like, you know, and then I remember distinctly from a kid, the cutlery falling out the pocket, uh, the, the sleeve of the jacket, <laughs> yeah. um, the tags on the costumes. Which were, they are the genuine costume department tags, yeah. which were on everything. Leave yeah. them on. Just leave yeah. them on. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah. 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 But when you take things apart to, to its constituent parts, people don't sometimes, well, a lot of people don't like you spoiling the magic and mm. showing them what's behind the curtain. Yeah. And, and like you say, he was brave. Mm. But whereas, of course, to us, to people like you and I, to actually see the studio stripped back, to just occasionally you see the lovely old cameras yeah. and that sort of thing. Oh, it's magic to watch now. Well, I remember people being asked off when, you know, we were kids and that. And when, do you remember the young ones, they'd run up into the seating bank in the audience? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, which is, you know, it's thanks to Spike that they could do that. I think mm. it's in, um, is it Time with the Jester Belovsky's Medieval, medieval Torture, torture app. They, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whistling on a Tuesday, Jester. You <laughs> bastard. Um, and it's in that, isn't it, that sort of they go up into the seating bank, I think. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah, yeah, come on down, isn't it? Uh, yes. Spaz, Spazpecker. Spazpecker the doll, Spazpecker. yeah. Yeah. Um, and people are like, all oh, right, no, it's, it's kind of ruined it a bit now. Mm. And it's like, what do you mean? It's yeah. like, so, so there are people who don't like that fourth wall being broken. Which is fascinating, isn't it? Because the whole thing with the fourth wall being being there is just to bring that idea of respect for the art in. So it's you know, and it's that lovely Russian invention. We've got it through Stanislavski. No, the fourth wall. Which all right, people talk about it as being a tool for actors these days, but I just think no, it's it's just to separate. It's us and them. Mm. You know, it's it's we're we're important. You're the ordinaries. You're meant to watch what we do, and it takes away that lovely carnival or gig atmosphere that you must have had in theatre constantly. Yeah. You know, if you look at um, 
theatre in the 1800s where you could pay to sit on the stage, which is what the macaronis would do. They'd come back from the tour and they'd pay a bit extra and they could get on stage during the latest Garrick comedy. Have the dinner and tit around waving to each other and stuff. That that whole thing of making it sort of an audience event, you know, to have lost that. It's such a shame that that's Mm. gone. And so to see it just a little bit with someone like Spike... That's a lovely thing to see, isn't it? It's yeah. it's so special these days. Yeah, but that's the whole point, isn't it, behind theatre? Is the whole conceit that them and us, and 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 a lot of people have brought. You know, it it's jarring. It's jarring to them. I mean, um, I know that you'll probably need to spray the airwick when I say this, but when Miranda used to do it. Exactly, I know. I know you don't these, like that. These tablets aren't, aren't helping today. No, they're not, dear. But when she used to break the fourth these. wall, you know, yeah. and speak to the camera. I mean, do, I think do you mean when she used to copy Eric Morecambe, those bits? When she used to copy Eric Morecambe. Yes. I yeah. think Arthur Law did a few good ones of them, though, didn't he? When he just, oh. like, looked around and... Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the, the sort of the progenitor of all that sort of thing, though, um, was Ollie. Absolutely, yeah. Well, since we mentioned in the other week, I've been watching more and more. What's the one where they open an electrical shop? Oh, God, that's magnificent. And there are so many looks to camera. Yeah. And now, of course, all I'm thinking... And there's another one where he ends up in a duel because some bloke thinks that he's trying to have it off with his wife. And the amount of looks to camera in there, and all I'm thinking now is, he just wants to play golf. He just wants to go. (laughs) He just wants to go. And Stan was so clever. To, yeah. to know, to leave them till three in the afternoon. It's like, <laughs> I just want to, have you seen, and, and you're probably going to shout again now, but have you seen Stan and Ollie, the movie with John C. Riley and... Um, Steve Coogan? Yeah. I haven't yet. Now, I haven't yet. Coogan um, has always got that Steve Coogan in his voice, right? Yeah. You know, so you can't sadly get away from it still. Oh, Ollie. You mm. know what I mean? It's still, you've, he's always got that Steve Coogan twang in his voice. Um. But he's still brilliant. Um, mm. But John C. Riley as Oliver Hardy, it's just, you're watching it going, I'm, I'm watching Oliver Hardy here. He's outstanding. Mm. You must watch that. You'd enjoy that. I will give that a go. I'm also, on that subject, I am quite sort of looking forward to the fact that Coogan has now signed up to to play Jimmy Savile. What? A, he is. He's, he's playing Jimmy Savile in a film uh, about what Savile was up to and the films being made by the BBC. Now, there's a touch of the her shirt about that, I think, but I fully approve of that. I think that's a, that's a cracking idea to put haven't out Haven't they just done one, the BBC, a Savile thing? I don't think... They haven't done a drama. Oh, right, so it's been that a I can think of. There's been a There's been a fair few documentaries. Yeah, there was one the other week. Um, but no, we're actually going to get a drama with Steve Coogan. And, of course, immediately uh, people are, are saying, is the BBC trying to get away with things? Well, let's wait and see. It's not bloody written yet. But I think Coogan's a brilliant character actor. Oh, he's, superb. Yeah, God, he's superb. superb. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. He wouldn't be in Trailer Park Boys. No. He wouldn't. But there are a lot of famous people turn up that are like members of Rush, the band. Um, Sebastian Bach of the band Skid Row, I think, is in it, you know. So they do have some some uh, celebrities in it. Um, is there anybody I would have heard of? Is there a, is there a Ronald Allen? No. A Canadian singer called Rita McNeil? Uh, no. No? No, no. Fa- no thank no. you. No. Um, 
I'll tell you something else I watched this week. You're going to absolutely despair at me here. Um, I know, but you've reminded me of it with the uh, Savile thing. Is uh, a drama with Robbie Coltrane and Julie Walters called National Treasure, where Coltrane plays a British comedian, sort Mm. of. Have you seen it? No. (laughs) It's actually really good. It's made by ITV, wasn't it? Uh, I think it may have been Channel 4. But Julie Walters and Robbie Coltrane are brilliant in it. All right, yes, they're good. They are good. But it sounds tense. It it wasn't actually... It was more interesting, the sort of moral relativism of it. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like... Anyway, you'd have to watch it to see it. But Julie Walters, it's kind of like... When you watch it, you think to yourself, you know, I need to watch more things with her in it because she's so good. Well, she... Do you know what? The other... Uh, oh, must have been about a month ago. For the first time since I was doing my A-levels, I think, I watched Educating Rita. Oh, yeah. Oh, you forget how good that is. Yeah. You yeah. forget that it, it's just so good, that film. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Imagine Michael seeing Caine, it with, it's wonderful. Imagine seeing it with Tom Baker playing the Michael Caine role, though. Yes. Oh, no, that would have been my... That would have been wonderful. Where did he perform that? Did he do it in the original run, or...? Did he just do it subsequent to the film? I think it was subsequent to the film, I think. But then I know also, um, I know Katie Manning toured in it uh, in Australia um, in the Rita role. But I think, you know, that's, oh, well, it's it's Willie Russell at his best, you know, writing about what he knows. And and now here's a a thing. Yeah, yeah, here's a little thing. My, um, one of the first flats I lived in, um, was uh, owned by a couple, um, and the chap uh, who owned it was called Frank, and he was a lecturer, ah. and he was a friend of Willie Russell, and he was the model for the character. Right, right. Not going to go too far, but a uh, lovely piece of character observation there. Um, right. But, yeah, a fascinating man, and to actually see... You know that this person being reflected on screen, uh, and certainly I think that the cur and the intellectual curiosity and like came across on screen so well. Yeah. Um, it was fascinating to discover that they were one and the same. But to watch it again recently, and to appreciate the fact that it's now what is that coming on? Must must be 83, forty odd, eighty three. And the thing that I love most about it, I have to say, apart from the performances which were beautiful, I loved the music. I loved the synthesizer uh, yeah. that was being used there. I think that was that was a beautiful touch. That was really yeah. really enjoyable. A hell of a film. It's so, an amazing film. So whilst I whilst I'm not going to take your advice to watch Trailer Park Boys, no, I will I will actually give National Treasure a go. I'm, it's I really have, good. Yeah, I have. Um, I've meant to. That's been on the watch list for a while. Likewise, so I will give that a go. Yeah, it just turned up and it was like, oh, I'm having some of that because I, I know, at least you know you're in safe hands with a couple mm. of performers like that. I mean, but 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 to, to step into big shoes like anyone did, like whilst you're doing the part of, you know, the, of Frank that uh, Michael Caine does in the movie, takes mm. some balls. It's like uh, Jeffrey Bernard is unwell. You know, some of the people, Dennis Waterman, Trevor Eve. Tom I, Conti. Yeah. How, look, how can they stack up to Peter O'Toole? They just can't, oh, you, surely. You, you can't. I mean, there's the that is a masterclass. The, um, the sequence in there, which is the litany of the dead, and then there's just a pause. And, of course, the audience are applauding at that moment. And O'Toole just sits 
and he doesn't blink. There's nothing there, and he's just dead-eyed looking into the audience. And he holds that pause for, God, it's a good 20 seconds after the applause dies, and then you just get, thank you. Just that. But he, he the only thing that moves in his whole body is the lower jaw. Nothing else. There's nothing going on at all. And it's just before Norman turns up at the end, this, thank you. But yeah. hardly anything. It, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of work. I love that photo of him and Jeff outside the coach yeah. and horses. That's yeah. a lovely photo. Yeah. it's it's. I, I had it on DVD for a while, and I remember years ago I was talking, and I said, oh, I've got it on DVD, but I've not watched it. And you were just like, oh, that's unforgivable. I remember the words. And I went home that evening, and I watched it. Yeah. And it's oh, just like, God, oh, it's, God, this is it's so magnificent. Good. I think first time I, I, I saw it, the BBC showed a sort of a truncated version for the, mm. about a 75-minute version. And then I'm coming out on DVD at Wand. And it's not just O'Toole, though, is it? It's Royce no. Mills as well. Yeah. Royce Mills, with his various character, opportun- uh, character performances in that, is a wonderful performance. Yeah. You know, and Voice of Daleks as well in nineteen eighty five. The whole show is just is just magnificent. Like you say, it's a it's a masterclass. Well, um, it is, and it's even the fact that you know the the coach is so beautifully represented on stage, but it's got all the strange angles. And the designer said, "I wanted to make it look as though the pub itself was pissed." And mission accomplished. Absolutely, mission accomplished on that. That's a beautiful piece of set design. Yeah, absolutely yeah. glorious. That's, but and there's a play. You're right. I mean, O'Toole's so perfect. I can't imagine, despite how good they may be, I can't imagine that Dennis Waterman was no. quite the same. No, because it's such. I think that it's one of those plays that is is full of actors' traps, isn't it? Mm. I mean, how how would you go about playing someone who's? You see, there's drunk, and then there's people who drink a lot, yes. and the, and they're never particularly drunk. Um, <laughs> And it's a different thing, isn't it? That whereby the sort of they drink just enough to feel normal. Mm. That doesn't mean they act normal. No, but at no. least when when you're drinking on that scale, a scale I know well. Yeah. Um, at least when you when you're drinking on that scale, whereby you drink enough just to feel normal. At least you can then interact with society. Mm. You are not normal. So it's it's an actor's trap that, and I should imagine. With the greatest of respect, Dennis Warman, I should imagine he probably did it a bit pissed. Yeah, a bit. Well, certainly, I mean, because you can now get, and I wish, I kind of wish you couldn't, but you can get the amateur rights to perform Jeffrey Bernard as well. Yes. And there are some performances on YouTube. Um, and no, no, it's that that's a role that you, you need to just, it should be set in stone now. It's a tool or nothing. Yeah. And we leave it there. Because yeah. it's just a perfect performance. It's the perfect. S- the yeah. at the beginning, uh, really close to the beginning in the in the film version, he goes over to the optics and he wrestles the vodka bottle off the optic. And there's a camera that they put inside the optic. And then you see it, he breaks the camera. It just flies off this little mini camera, and O'Toole just looks down and just kicks it and then just wanders away from it. Those little moments like yeah. that. Wonderful. There's so Wonderful. much pathos in his performance as well, isn't there? Well, so having many known of... the man, you know that. Yeah. There's a there's a truth in the performance. Having known. Yeah, him. yeah, and his own life. You know mm. what I mean? I mean, it's it's sort of 
I mean, Bernard was a, a, a very pretty young actor, wasn't he, at one time? Oh, yeah. He was you beautiful. Know? Absolutely. Um, so it's kind of like you've got that that symbiosis between actor and character, which mm. you just can't replicate. I think that um, I think that was a match made in heaven, really. Mm, I, it was. And it was, you know, the one thing that I would love to see, and God knows if the script even exists now, is, of course, um, uh, Bernard wrote uh, a screenplay for a Wednesday play basically about himself about a drunk journalist right. and it was um he wrote it it's a the play existed but it was never made right i'd love it if that play still existed somewhere just the script to see I'm that. sure it does I'm what sure if it was it if it was sent in then presumably it's at caversham somewhere um mm. but it would be lovely to see that now there's a play which i'd like to see Shot on 16 mil, shot properly. You know, the BBC does period drama beautifully. They could do 1974. Let's see that. That would be a commission worth seeing. Yeah, yeah. That would be wonderful. Yeah, Yeah. that would be good. And um, and no doubt you would much prefer that to Trailer Park Boys. I, I, yes. Now, I'm not going there. No, I I don't see, there's no, there's no, there's no place for this sort of thing. Uh, I mean, you know, this is the issue, isn't it? You've got Netflix, and they go, oh, we've done eight whole episodes. Oh, well done, you've done eight episodes of something, have you? And then I've got to watch them all in one go, apparently, because you've got to binge watch things now. Yes. Bollocks to Netflix, frankly. I mean, all of them, their Amazon Prime and everything else, where you get maybe four series a year, and I'm meant to be grateful Mm. for that and pay for it. No. Well, I don't see why I should be. Let's see them produce Moonbase 3 for a laugh. They wouldn't do it. <laughs> I, oh, wow. I they would, I would watch that. I, I would I, watch that. I would watch that, but it would be done with big budgets and things. They'd film it in frigging space, and I don't wish to see this. Oh, I thought you meant the trailer park boys do it. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. You're doing my pain no I'm good. Terribly at all. sorry, but no, no. I'll stick with 1973. I think for the moment. I may you. travel back there this afternoon. Then I think it, I, I, I think may it's best. travel back there. Yeah, I think, well, I think you, you're quite right. You might just find. Have a little look in your emails, my dear. You might just find Andrew Burt starring in Gulliver in Lilliput, uh, directed by um, uh, Christopher Barry. Is that the CSO uh, one? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. 1982 with lovely Liz Sladen in there. So that's what I shall be watching today, having a little afternoon yes. in 1982 with lots of CSO. Uh, as we speak, of course, you're back in Mrs. Farrell's I kitchen. I am in Mrs. Farrell's CSO kitchen, yes. Yes. So I think it's yes. only fitting that you should possibly give that a little spin and leave the Trailer Park Boys where they belong in the I only have another L. four series to watch of Trailer Park Boys. No. Yeah, there's 12 series in total. I've watched please, eight. Please tell me they've stopped making this. They're making a new one right now. What oh. you'd be pleased to hear is at the end of the last series... They all died. No! Stop it! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... <laughs> oh! It's just I know how mad you're going to go when I tell you what they did. Oh, so they no. all t- they all took a, a drug, right? Oh God! Yep. Which turned them into animated characters. So they've just done an animated series. Oh God Almighty! No! <laughs> what? Absolutely not! That, this is just awful. <laughs> this is it's awful. I can't understand 
What's the, what's I don't the know what's appeal? happened to me. I don't know what's I going don't on. No. Maybe, oh. maybe I did crack my head on the way down. Or did they? They didn't just take blood out of you. They've pumped you full of monkey semen or something, and it's had some horrendous effect. This is dreadful. It's like what was that crap I used to occasionally see on a Friday night from Canadia? Canadia. That's what I'm calling it from now on. It's um, kids in the hall. Oh yeah, I used to like that. Why? (laughs) What was the point? Just a man sort of doing that to camera and going, "I'm crushing your head." Am I meant to laugh at this? You do it every episode. Wasn't the one where there was a guy called Canoe Head who'd been out and struck by lightning with this canoe on his head? Yes. <laughs> you see, what? this is these are your your um, what's it called? You were going out and doing too many drugs on a Friday. It must have been that, but I didn't need to because I could come back and watch that shit and feel like I was off me tits. Absolutely dreadful. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know that's the best bit. That's the best bit. I know how much you hate it. I need to just hold my upstairs, downstairs DVDs for a moment and feel yes, better. like a crucifix. Yes, absolutely. Get get away from this evil that's pouring out of the screen at me. We, we need to have a proper discussion about this with strong we language. We shall, yeah. we shall. Not I, in I front think... of the boys and girls at home. This needs to be a proper discussion. Yes, um, a court-martial. Of, it's something of, like that, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sure you will... Um, Put me back on the path to righteousness. You get some Gulliver and Lilliput in you. Yeah, that's what you need. I will. I will. Um, not the not the tiger's paw of trailer park boys. We don't need that. It's really good, Paul. It's not. It's not. That's it. There isn't a discussion to be had here. I don't need to watch it. It isn't. Right. I shall spend the afternoon with Chris Barry and Liz Sladen and Jonathan Swift, as good. you suggest. Uh, and hopefully that will ameliorate the uh, contagion. I th- think it will. On me. Um, any nice things turning up in the next week? I need to order myself. All I've ordered myself is like slings and braces <laughs> and bloody uh, and and bone knitting um, um, yeah. minerals and vitamins. So I need something nice to order, don't I? You, you recommended do, I a, a season 17 box set, as I recall. Oh, that's going to be coming out in December. Uh, the season 17 box set, which for me is the pinnacle of Classic Who, because it's got the horns of Nymon, which scurred the crap out of me. Um, I love that to this day. Part of Janice Ellis is in it. Isn't it on the top of the pop set or something? It's... No, I mean, it doesn't even look that good. No, I mean, the no. set, because it's right at the end of the season, and they've they've put all the money into Sharda so they can finish on a bang, and of course we know right. that didn't happen. Um, no, the, the set is dreadful, the effects are dreadful, it's got it's got comedy sound effects that they thought they'd use from The Goon Show. The, uh, it's just... It's got Graham my- Crowden, though. Graham Crowden being magnificent, magnificent, yeah. and um, and not being allowed to go all the way because as he fell to the floor dying, he said, "Who could I say? Um, I seem to have caught a terrible cold." And Tom Baker's like, "Yes, put that in." No, you can't. <laughs> can't say that. No. Um, but yeah, that's coming out. That's not till December. I've got um, I've got a Blu-ray uh, arriving from America, but it could be at God knows when that. Ooh, it's shipping. Absolutely not. However, there is a there is a Canadian influence here, which is um, it's a documentary about Jonathan Frid, uh, who was the lead actor in Dark Shadows as Barnabas Collins. Right. It's his life story. Uh, fascinating. I mean, the more that I read about him, because of course 
that's a series that just, well, it was never brought over here because it was, they get it wrong all the time. We can't have that on the BBC. Yeah. Um, but the more I read about him, he's referred to as being the American Olivier. You know, the, so you think, I want to know more about him. And I've, God knows I've got books and everything, but this, there's a, um, a big budget documentary which was released this week. So I'm looking forward to seeing oh, nice. that. But, Yes, that'll be that'll be coming at uh, some point soon. And I I've got I'm going to spend some time just with the spectator of 1747. Oh, that's lovely. That yeah, I should be doing that, and no doubt they would be the sort of gentlemen, Mister Addison and Mister Seal, who would despise your trailer park boys. They would, but they would I, love Oliver Goldsmith's The Vicar of Wakefield. You must read it. They would, yes, and I do I do have to read that quite soon. Although this uh, very popular with Benjamin Franklin, who used to have copies of the spectator sent hmm. over to yeah, America. Yeah, I can imagine so, that. I can imagine yes. that. So um, I should be having a read of that. Wasn't Benjamin Franklin the one who had numerous offspring with his slaves? Yes, I think he was. He was, wasn't he? Yes, He yes. was. There's but then few... again, um, Richard Steele of uh, The Spectator, Irish playwright, um, and he, let's see, he married... He married Margaret in 1705, and then Margaret died in 1706. And while he's at the funeral, he meets Murray, and he marries Murray in 1707. And then she she's about to divorce him in 1717, and then mysteriously dies. So Wow. I, th- I think there's a story to read about there. I shall be reading up about uh, old Richard Steele and seeing what was going on there, I think. I think that what you need to do is to find is to go through that book and mm. find some um, some nice passages, yes. and I think you need to read them out and put them on the internet. I might do that. I know. think I'm... that'd be lovely because um, it sounds lovely to hear yeah. anyway. Yes. Um, it's a little bit like uh, not not specifically like it, but you know, Diary of a Nobody. It does have um, that feel to it, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that that's the kind of thing. Um, it's out of copyright. Um, Absolutely. I, I think it's like uh, audio books are all very well, but you know, it's like um, one man and his dog are doing them, aren't they? You know what I mean? But something like that. Yes. That'd be lovely. That'd be I might nice. do that. I might do that. Whereas, strangely enough, if there was an audiobook version of One Man and His Dog, I'd certainly listen to it. Yes, I would also. Who was the guy on that when we were kids? Oh, with his cap. Um, yeah. And he was one of those who, who whistled when he talked. Yeah. Um, yeah. He looked he looked like Freddie Truman, didn't he? He did. He absolutely it, did. It weren't Freddie Truman. Mm. Well, dear viewers, um, mm. you, you find us on another uh, mission on the Alzheimer's Express. Yes. Um, where we can't remember. It's like, it reminds me of that thing. <laughs> what thing? Oh, it's like that. Oh, what? Like that. Yeah, well, it's like, it's like the thing there, isn't it? It's the you know? thing, yeah. It's like the thing there. Um, mm. So um, let's hope that next... Uh, next week, <laughs> next week finds yes. me more recovered. Yes, let's uh, hope so. And um, to the point where you're not watching shite online. Certainly, let's hope. Trailer Park Boys. Stop it. Disgusting. I can't do any more laughing. Otherwise, not happy. I, I will have to go to A and E. But um, you know, the pleasure of watching it was partially telling you about it. I've no doubt. I've no doubt that you were looking forward to that. Brill. <laughs> you did not disappoint. Oh dear! Not, I'm going to make you watch one. 
Yes. Why? Oh, just because oh. just because I think you'd be like, oh, it's quite good this actually. I won't. <laughs> I will not. Absolutely not whilst I have breath in my body will I admit no, such a thing. No. You really wouldn't. You really no. wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. That's why no, it's I wouldn't. So, so delicious. Oh god. Um, <laughs> right, well there we are. We've come full circle back to trailer park boys and Paul's oh. opprobrium. Um, Disgusting. So um we hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we hope you all have a lovely week. Yes. And until the next time uh, we see you, <laughs> bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Trail apart, boys. Oh, no. Presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production.